Welcome everyone. This is Coaching in Session. My name is Michael Reardon and I will be your mindset coach today. And today we're going to be talking about planned obsolescence, but not in the terms that you might be familiar with. Today we're going to be referring it into the sense of mindset. And we're going to be talking about my most recent blog where I explain going through what planned obsolescence is and then talking about it in mindset. However, today we're going to just present it in a way that's going to be invigorating, fun, And it's going to be something that you want to share with people because it's going to create that critical thinking or it's going to create that awareness that some people might not be aware of. Though we want people to be aware of this, not everyone is going to accept it readily. People think that their life is just their life because their life is their life. Now, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but that is what people think. They have a sense of entitlement. They feel like they are owed things. They don't understand the privilege that they have. So they squander it. And as long as they continue to squander and as long as they continue to not do what is going to help them in the future, they will one day find themselves on the other end, unhappy, unprepared, unequipped, and not able to handle what the world is going to give them. So I'm so happy that you're here because now we can learn together what things we need to understand, what type of tools we have to equip, and then what type of mindset do we need going forward from today. So let's take a look at that blog right now. All right, everyone, if you're new to the channel, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe and to share the video and or audio to help build a community of like-minded individuals who want to have success, happiness in life, not just today, but also tomorrow. Because what we're going to be talking about today is not going to be so much about the mindset today trying to fix it, but to understand how the mindset has formed, how the mindset has evolved. And if you remember the TUS series last week, we were talking about the evolution of mindset. And it's only common now that we would talk about, well, what is the mindset behind a mindset obsolescence? Meaning our mindset was once strong, but now it's weak. What is the disparity? What is the discrepancy that's causing our mindset to deteriorate at such a rapid rate? Is it society? Is it technology? Is it because we don't have to show up? Well, it's probably a mixture of all three. And what we're going to be talking about in this blog right here is that it's going to get dark. It's going to get dark because people are not going to want to show up. And as long as people don't want to show up, they're going to find themselves on the other end of hardship. And there's going to be a lot of issues that are coming up. And I understand about power and I understand about what's trending and I understand about what's supportive and how to support people and empowering individuals, and I'm not belittling that. Today, that's okay, but tomorrow it might not be. So this is where we are with our mindset. We do have to understand that our mindset is going to be a temporary thing. Our mindset is going to be, again, relying on the surroundings, our environment, because if we don't have a healthy environment where we feel safe, where we have all of our basic needs met, where we have like a food, water, or shelter, all of those things, taken care of, do you think our mindset is going to be thinking about how much money we can have in the bank or how much growth we can have in our life? No, it's going to be about survival. So mindset at the lowest level is about survival. But what's happening with our mindset now is that since we have transcended the need for survival and to worry about it because things are given to us, what would happen if it was taken away? What would happen if our world turned upside down 
would we be able to take care of ourselves? Would we be able to survive? And this is what this blog is going to be talking about, unveiling the mindset behind plan obsolescence. And today we're going to be making that the talking point and then helping you understand what you need to do today to take action so you can be prepared for whatever comes your way. One of the first things we have to address is the idea of survival. Just as I was saying, and then we can get into the trending, what's popular, main issues of our society today. But survival is one of those things that people don't realize they don't know until they don't know. For example, do you know how to build a fire? Most people do not know how to build a fire. Most people have never went camping. Most people don't know what a flint steel is. They don't know how to rub two sticks together or make a bow. They don't know how to use Tinder. And I'm not talking about the dating app. I remember when I was a teacher, when we went on a nature trip with the fifth graders, I was one of the chaperones. I was already well-versed in camping and survival. And it was just fun for me to see how much I can push myself in the wilderness. When we got there, they had a fireplace and it was going to be cold and there wasn't much heat going on. So either we had blankets and things like that, or we built a fire inside. So the teachers agreed that we would start a fire. And I told one of the teachers, we need some Tinder. And she looked at me saying, why do we need a dating app? And I was like, no, 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 not the dating app. We need Tinder for the fire that's going to be kindling. She's like, oh, first time I heard about it. And that is a teacher. The kids didn't know anything about it either, of course. So I told them, I said, hey, we need some Tinder. We need to go get some kindling, some stuff to build a fire with. We had to fire wood, but we needed something a little bit smaller to build up. We didn't have any log starters or anything. So we had to start from the ground up, in which we did. So I had the kids procure some twigs and some dry grass and along those lines. And we finally got the Tinder we needed to start the fire. We start the fire. We had fire the whole night. If there was another teacher there that did not know how to start a fire, most likely the kids would have been freezing. Guess what? It's camping. They learn, they learn, they learned a little bit of survival, right? A little bit of trauma. They need that. What happened at that point was it was an awakening that these children are not equipped to take care of themselves unless everything's given to them. They get to pack lunches. They get everything given to them at the grocery store. They don't understand that food comes from someplace different. Because if you ask a kid, where does food come from? They're going to say the store. But yeah, they don't know about the farm. They don't know about the hard work that someone has to do to raise cattle, to grow crops. They don't know about it. Yet today, people don't even want to start a home garden because it's too much work. They have to learn a skill. They have to get their hands dirty. This is the mindset that we're in. So people can't procure food If they can't procure food, how can they repair a home or build a shelter? And if they do build a shelter, it's going to be a very bad one. So what they're going to use, cardboard boxes, maybe garbage cans, maybe get some wood, make something that might last, that might be okay for a certain amount of time. But it's going to be nothing substantial because many people have left the trades and have started to go into IT and tech and industry like social media and being a content creator. That's easy. But yet there's a trade person out there, electrician, a plumber, they're putting in hard work every single day so we can have the simple pleasures of life, of living in our century today. But if all of that was gone, there was no more plumbers, there was no more electricians, there will also be no more content creators 
or there'll just be content creators talking about how miserable their life is because they can't flush the toilet or they can't turn on the lights. And heck, I mean, if there's no electricity, how are you going to be able to even stream? So we are very reliant on the grid. We're very reliant on everything working perfectly. But the moment it doesn't work, what happens? And this is where the idea of plan obsolescence comes in. Because if we understand what planned obsolescence means, it's going to mean that it's a tactic where businesses sell products or services with an artificial expiry date. They do this deliberately making products easily perishable or using clever marketing to make them feel outdated quicker than naturally would. This will help them boost sales, create regular customers for reoccurring income. Think of Apple. Think of iPhone. Think of why your battery starts dying sooner than later. Because I'm sure they can build a battery that outlasts everything. But yet they say, we're going to build a battery that lasts about two years. And then after two years, we're going to start to see the battery die a lot sooner. Okay, cool. Well, also what Apple does is with the updates, they make it more difficult for the old processing units and chips to operate with that operating system. So now your phone is slower. Oh, well, you know, we can't have this iPhone anymore because it's two years old and it's too slow. But yet, the moment you got it, it was blazing fast. It was 10 times faster than your old phone, but now it seems like it's 10 times slower than your old phone. So we learn about the obsolescence because it's happening in our life, but it's also happening in mindset. Because if we look at men versus women, it's going to be one of the examples we're going to use today. Men versus women, we can look at the whole system. I talk about it in the blog. But we look at the system of how men were the protectors and the providers. Women were going to be the caregivers, the nurturers, raising the children. Yet today, we have almost the opposite, where it doesn't matter what sex or gender you are. You can be a breadwinner. You could be the protector. You could be the provider because we live in a society that is structured on our basic needs already set. We are safe. We have food. We have shelter. We have everything that we need, but yet people don't realize that their basic needs have already been met, so they don't really have to do much protecting in the world today. Yes, they do have to do the providing, but providing can also be a simple task. You go to work, you come home, buy whatever you have to buy because you don't have to go farming. You don't have to go do anything that's tedious. You can go on your phone even and just type in a couple things on Amazon or on eBay or on Google, wherever you want to go. And you can get any item that you need that you lack. That is technology. But what happens is now our mindset says, hmm, I don't have to show up in my life. I can take it easy. I can do the bare minimum basically is what's happening and I'm still going to be okay. So men and women, now the roles have become more simple, yet raising a family is not simple. So that role still stays above just protecting and providing because now you don't need protection and providing has become so easy where you can give eight hours of your day, get a paycheck, and you can have all of your basic needs met. You have provided for yourself. Essentially, you might have even provided for your family. Sometimes you might need to work a little bit more depending on your job, your industry, your educational level. Regardless of that, protecting and providing has been easy. So then what happened was, oh, mindset, right? This is the mindset of it. Raising a family is hard. 
because having kids and having to do soccer practice and go to all the school events and it can be a lot. I understand that. And raising a child is not an easy task. It's a selfless job, to be honest. And these women had to deal with that for many, many years. And they also dealt with husbands who had to protect and provide for the family. And what happened was those men chose to take an outlet that wasn't positive. It was negative. It was toxic. They would drink. They would abuse their wives. They wouldn't appreciate what they had because they didn't realize what they had. You don't know what you have until you lose it. So what was happening was men were like, okay, I have this wife. She's going to do what I want, blah, blah, blah. Women were saying, oh, this is so difficult, but I don't have a choice. Where am I going to go? I need a place to stay. I need some food to eat. So they relied on their husband, but yet they told their daughters, do not need a man. Go get an education, protect yourself, provide for yourself. Feminism was born. So at that point, now the mindset of feminists are, I don't need a man. I don't need his money. I don't need his security. I can do this by myself. But yet the society that was built was built on men. But what happened after that is men started to see that now women are wanting to go off, do their own thing, not wanting to be committed. Men said, well, I guess we'll just be weak. So the society that men had built was a strong society. And then now men are saying, oh, well, I'm just going to be weak. What do you think is going to happen to the infrastructure? What do you think is going to happen to the society? What do you think is going to happen to the mindsets? Men are choosing to be weak because it's easier than just fighting a battle that everything is already taken care of. Why should they try to fill in a gap where women think that they don't need a man? Now, of course, we know now from the many years of women wanting to get their education and not need a man. Cool. But now they're 35, 40, they're saying they need a man again. So we have two generations, and it's kind of going back and forth. We have the generation that said, you don't need a man, go out, get your own thing. And then we have the older generation that's coming out now saying, hey, we were wrong, or the information we got was wrong. We don't want that. You don't want that. But yet, in their mind, they still have this glimmer of hope, this fantasy that they can do this alone, that they can be a lone warrior. And in a sense, that's what our culture is. Our community has been lost. It has been trampled. That is why people can't be cordial. That is why people hate people. That is why there's just so much fighting. So the community is not together. If the community is not together, the nation is not together. So what happens when you have a weak nation is it's not able to come together. And it can come together. But at what cost? If we lose everything, people might come together. But what happens with weak men is that they become extremely dangerous. So people are now in survival mode. They don't care how they get the things that they need. If they have to hurt someone, they will. If they have to steal, they will. And we see that happening in all the blue states, in the blue cities, the Chicago's, the Portland's. You are going to see people do more looting, do more harm, commit more chaos. And this is the destruction of what was happening with the plan obsolescence to mindset. We stopped having strong individuals and we allowed weak individuals into the mix. We allowed all of our basic needs to be met. Yet that privilege and that entitlement has gone to so many young folks' heads and even to the leaders now of the world. Because what's happening right now is that they're trying to be inclusive, right? Because now we have weak men and weak men said, you know what? 
I want to be strong again. But they don't choose masculinity because there's a rhetoric or there's a trend or whatever you want to call it, a stigma on men today that being masculine is toxic. So if you are a true man, if you're dominant, if you're assertive, if you're quiet, if you're a go-getter, if you're successful, you are toxic. On the contrary, that is what we need today. We need more people like Andrew Tate. We need more people like Alex Jones and Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson, where they talk about trending topics in the sense of alpha male mentality. Now, the whole word alpha male, stigma male, beta male, this just a stamp that you can give a personality. It's a generalization, but it's so much more than that because you can be a dominant figure and not consider yourself alpha or stigma. That's just, again, a mindset. It's almost like a cloak you give yourself, a piece of armor, but it serves no meaning because anyone can say they are something, but it doesn't mean you are because the moment bullets start flying, how many people start running and ducking? I can guarantee you the majority of people are. So now we're more inclusive. Men want to be weak. Men don't want to be masculine because it's toxic. So they say, well, what can be the best next thing? Well, they choose to be woman. They say, I'm going to be a trans person. So they're trans and now they're women. And it's going in our school and it's being promoted, it's being touted, it's being paraded all around. I cannot turn on my social media without seeing something along those lines. And it's amazing how this is happening. Because this is the indoctrination of children. And even before this was happening, we were still teaching children limiting beliefs and how to be worker bees. We weren't teaching them how to critically think, which is going to be next week's conversation on Monday. We don't teach them how to be successful about money, about relationships. We just say, this is what you need. We give them a generalization of a curriculum now. It's going to be heavily dominated by opinion. Because teachers that are in the school system right now, majorly, are going to be the sheep that have followed blindly. Most teachers have went off and they have followed the government mandates. And what had happened is the teachers who did not choose to follow those mandates left teaching. Yet today, the government has realized that there's a shortage in teachers. We don't have enough qualified teachers anymore, they said. So they said, hey, all the teachers who didn't follow the mandates, don't worry you can come back. There's no more mandates. They think that is water under the bridge, yet they allowed for two to three years of these teachers who follow blindly to teach children who don't know any better to follow blindly. Can you see yet where the mindset is starting to fall apart? Where this is the planned obsolescence of mindset? Where is the planned obsolescence of our youth? Because now we're no longer building strong individuals. We're building people who follow, who are weak, and who don't understand their true power. And then we add in technology to the mix. So they don't have to learn the way they did. They can have a calculator. They can have a smartphone. They can have a laptop. They don't have to know all the things they need to know. And they know that too. Because once they hit certain grades, typically it's middle school, why do I have to learn this? I can just go on my phone, but what happened if your phone's not there? There's an interesting statistic. 33% of people won't read a book past high school. So these people are getting their information from their legacy medias, your CNNs, your NBCs, your BBCs, whatever type of media outlet they listen to, but they're not reading. They're not getting information 
They're just consuming information that's given to them. So they worry. Oh my goodness, there's another outbreak. Oh my goodness, there's this war. Oh my goodness, this is happening. And they have a choice. Do they listen or do they ignore? And I can tell you that most people will listen because out of this 33% are going to be those same sheep that were raised in the school system, are going to be the same sheep that don't understand their power, that don't understand that they're capable of doing something more. So the planned obsolescence of society is also in a tailspin because yes, tech companies are doing it because they realized back what in the 40s or maybe even before that, that they were making items that were too good. Well, the government or whoever, the powers to be, realized that people's mindsets were too powerful. We need to weaken them because we need workers. We need money in our pockets and it doesn't matter how we get it. If we have to make people look bad, if we have to make people lower quality and have people have a lower IQ, we will because they understand that people have power, but people don't know how to use their power because they don't know how to think. They say the pen is mightier than the sword, but not many people know how to use the pen anymore. So this blog right here, Unveiling the Mindset Behind Planned Obsolescence, is going to be a must-read. I go into so much more detail in this blog, and I mean I went into detail in this conversation here today, and it was riveting. I want people to understand that this blog right here is going to maybe turn some heads, it's going to maybe upset some people, but at the end of the day, I'm not trying to upset you, I'm trying to prepare you. And I would rather have you prepared and upset at me than unprepared and love me. So in closing, definitely a must-read blog here, the mindset of planned obsolescence, not so much about your cell phone or your technology or laptop, but your mindset about your kid's life, about what's happening there. Why do you think so many parents are choosing the homeschool? Why do you think so many parents are choosing to reach out to me to help with raising their children? And it's not so much that they can't raise their children themselves. It's just that when we are raising their children, we don't look at just what's happening today. We don't just work on equipping them with what they need. We say, what will they need in their whole entire life? What will be the cycles that they have to go through? And we have to be able to prepare them for any and everything. Because one day, the internet might not be working. Or there might not be any electricity. Or there might not be any food on the shelves. What would you do then? What will your mindset determine for you? Will you fear? Would you run? Will you cry? Or will you take appropriate action? I want you to learn how to take the appropriate action. But before we can do that, We must first understand the issue, the root cause of the problems that we're facing, that we will face, and then begin to address them there. The next episodes of Coaching and Session, of course, we're going to be diving into the solutions and what you can give yourself, the tools that are going to help you be successful. No matter where the world is going, you will be all right. My name is Michael Reardon. I'm a mindset coach. If you have any questions, you can email me, coachingandsession at gmail.com. And I'll see everyone on the next episode of Coaching in Session. Until then, everyone take care.